0: Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen. You may have heard at some point me tell the story about my maternal grandfather. He uh, was born and raised in Salisbury. He lived there his entire life. He and his brother started a plumbing business, and they lived pretty well off of that. And he had a friend that he knew all his life, a guy by the name of Ralph Kettner, who also was born and raised in Salisbury and who started a grocery business there. And after a while, he, Ralph Kettner decided he wanted to expand his grocery business, and uh, so he was looking for investors. And he came to my grandfather, and he said, Cliff, if you give me $500, I'll make you a rich man. My grandfather replied, Ralph, I have known you my entire life. There is no way I'm going to give you that much money. Well, if my grandfather had done that, my life would have turned out very differently. Because, you see, Ralph Kettner was the founder of Food Town, which came to be known later as Food Lion. And that $500 initial investment would have been worth tens of millions of dollars. I tell you that because my grandfather was someone who did not take that first step. He didn't see an opportunity and reach out and grab it. Even though he knew the person all his life, he was not able to get himself to take that opportunity. And I thought about that as I was reading through the gospel text for this week. When we read this story, I think immediately our minds jump to that part where the disciples leave everything and follow Jesus. I mean, we just sort of, we begin to think, oh my gosh. How in the world could they possibly have done that? So suddenly, so dramatically. Dramatically. But Matthew gives us a little bit of a clue as to how they might have come to do that. Matthew tells us, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Matthew tells us that Jesus had moved into that region and was living there. So there's a, a fair chance that the disciples at least knew a little bit about Jesus. And I suspect there's a chance that they may have heard Jesus preach. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. And I can also imagine that that message that Jesus was preaching might have been the source of some conversation as they mended their nets or pulled in their fish. So Jesus was probably not a complete stranger when he came calling them to fish. And that is really helpful to me, and maybe to you too, because like I said, when we hear this, it just seems so unbelievable that they would drop everything and follow without even asking any questions. It's it's like we get this idea that these disciples must have been some kind of superheroes of the faith, and it makes it very hard for us to relate to them. I, I mean... I don't know if I would receive a call like they did, but but I have a pretty sneaking suspicion that I would not be able to follow the way they did. At least I used to think that way. And so now I'd like to explain to you how I've come to understand that differently now. And the best way for me to do that is to share with you The story about my call. Last week, if you were here, you may remember I I shared with you a time in my life when I was really miserable. Because I did not know what I was looking for. But at that time in my life, I will tell you one thing I definitely was not looking for was a call to go to seminary. There is no way... I was going to follow in the family business. But it was in the midst of my struggle that the call did come. Susan and I had come to the realization that a big part of my misery was the fact that I hated what I was doing for a living and I needed a career change. And so I began thinking about what I might do for a living for the rest of my life or at least for the next part of my life. And as I considered that, there was this nagging feeling that the possibility or the possibility existed that I might be involved in church work, that I might become a pastor. And I think it had to do with that invitation that was given to me by our friends to come and join the church, be a part of the ministry there. But as I had this feeling, this nagging feeling in the back of my mind and in my heart, the problem was, what kept holding me back was, I did not have a sense of call. I didn't have any voice from heaven. No prophet ecstasy, as the old hymn calls it. <clears throat> now, I had always thought that my father was such a great pastor. And I still feel that way. And so when I looked at him, I thought, surely he must have had this huge sense of call in order to do this. It just seemed right. But it didn't happen that way. When my dad got out of the Navy, he really didn't know what he wanted to do. And he had a really good family friend who told him he was going to go to seminary. And my dad said, Well, I don't have any other plans. Maybe I'll go give that a try. <laughs> give it a try? No burning bush? No voice from heaven? Give it a try? Yep. That's what he did. He didn't have this dramatic sense of call at all. All he did have was his faith, his relationship with Jesus, and a willingness to take that first step. And so I thought, well, (laughs) if that's the way he did it, maybe that's the way I could do it too. And I did. I didn't have any lightning bolts. There was no descending dove coming out, no parting of the clouds, none of that. All I had was an invitation. And the invitation sounded like this. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Come and follow me and I will teach you to fish for people. I know it sounds just like the call to that first group of disciples that we can't relate to very well. But when you begin to unpack this a little bit, maybe we can discover that it's not quite as dramatic as we might make it out to be. And that this is the same call that comes to each and every one of us. Really. And if that's true, then Jesus calls on us first to repent. I imagine that, I mean, I think that's such a great word, but I imagine, like we've talked before, That immediately when we hear that word repent, the first thing that comes to our mind is we've got to feel really bad about all the things that we have done. But that's just a a small part of what this wonderful word really means. The Hebrew of the Old Testament, the word that means repent, means to change direction. To go in a different direction. But when you get to the Greek of the New Testament, the word for repent always means change your mind, change your vision, have a new outlook and a new perspective. God's reign is all around us, so begin to see it and grab for it. That's what Jesus was telling those disciples. Wake up! God is all around you. Come and follow me, and I will teach you to do something you never dreamed possible. I will teach you how to fish, but to fish in an entirely different way, in a more meaningful, in a richer way. This is the chance. For a new life. So come and follow me into that life. Ralph Kettner saw a new possibility. About his business. And he invited my grandfather to join him in that new vision. But my grandfather didn't take that step. I needed to see things In a different way. And the call came to me to wake up. God's kingdom is all around you. Grab hold, follow me. And I did manage to take that step. And, well, I'm here. Now, I know you might be thinking at this point, oh, well, that's just fine for you. You got called into the ministry. Well, so have you. Really. In our baptism, we are called to join in the life of Christ, in the work of Christ, to use our gifts and our time and our lives to share in the work of God's kingdom. That comes through our baptism. That is our call to ministry. I mean, isn't it, isn't it interesting? Have you ever thought about this? Isn't it interesting that Jesus did not call any great theologians to be his disciples? He didn't call any. I bet none of those four, first four guys that got called, I bet none of them, were great orators at the time. He simply called some, some working guys who knew how to fish. And he invited them to do what they already knew how to do, but do it in a dramatically different way. Come follow me, he says. And that's the invitation that he gives to all of us. Come. And follow me. And I'll teach you how to do things differently. That that invitation to come and follow is an invitation to come and be close to Christ. And when we draw close to him, he helps us to understand our need to repent. To see things differently. To understand life differently. To see God at work in us and through us. And once we begin to see that, and that, be, that becomes part of the way we live our lives, then God says, Go fishing. That's our call to ministry. Go fishing. So, what's important for us to remember today is that God doesn't choose us, God doesn't call us because we're the prettiest, because we're the richest, because we're the smartest. God calls us because we are God's children. We are God's people. We're loved in spite of ourselves. We're forgiven of all of our foolishness. We are given the possibility to live a new life every day. Because that's the way God does things. And when we begin to see how that takes shape in our life and we begin to live according to that that understanding, that's when God says, go fishing. Go fishing. The truth of the matter is, a church that doesn't fish is not Jesus' church. It's that simple. A church that doesn't fish is not Jesus' church. And when I got to thinking about that all this week, I began to think again about this. Our new logo. I want to thank Susan Gazelle and Krista Charm for their creativity in making this possible. I mean, I hope you see a ship, a boat. And this was based on the boats that we have in our windows. All right, And I know for a fact, without any debate whatsoever, that you folks like looking at those boats. I've seen you do it, mostly during the sermon. <laughs> what kind of boats are they? How do you know? They could be pleasure craft. That could be the kind of boat where we pay our fare and we get on and we're looking for somebody to wait on us. We're we're hoping that somebody is going to meet our needs and take care of us and just make us fat and happy. It could be that. You have no idea what kind of boat that is. And maybe some of us look at that boat and think, yeah, I'm on that boat and that's what I hope happens. I hope somebody's here just to take care of me. A church that doesn't fish. Is not Jesus' church. And so I'm hoping that we understand those boats to be working vessels. Where we all work together to try and make sure that we're doing what Christ calls us to do. To fish for people. When I was a little boy, my other grandfather used to take me fishing a lot. And when I was too young to, to know how to cast with a rod and reel, I'd use a cane pole. And because I was not much of a fisherman, I w- oftentimes I wouldn't pay a lot of attention. And that bobber and that hook would come up out of the water. And my grandfather would say, boy, if you want to catch a fish, you've got to put the bait in the water. Well, yeah. If we're going to fish, then we have to learn how to put our bait in front of those we hope to catch. Now, our bait is not the slickest church programs, it's not the best church music, it's not even wonderful preaching. Our bait is the love of Christ freely given. It's the acceptance of the God who has accepted us. Welcoming all, regardless of who they are and where they've come from and how deep their faith is. What they look like, what language they speak or who they love. That's the bait. Because that's what has caught us. That's what has drawn us into this ship this boat the fact of the matter is we can't just ride the boat and hope the fish are going to jump in it don't work that way we've got to make sure that we're putting the bait out there fishing for people by sharing the love of Christ with them now not everybody's going to take the bait Not not everybody wants to get caught that's not up to us to determine We simply do what we've been called to do and trust that God will make the difference, make up the difference. Jesus didn't call those first disciples to sit around and talk about what a great guy he is. He called them to fish. And a church that doesn't fish is not Jesus' church. If we were doing everything that we needed to do, this boat would already be jam-packed. So dear friends, I hope you know that God has called us to be fishers. That we are called into the ministry through our baptism and every time we come and hear God's word. And when you come here... And you start looking at the windows. I hope you'll remember. It's time to go fishing. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours. From our risen Christ.